What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. I have a very famous guest today. Her name is Violet Benson, and she has been known for her famous and viral account, Daddy Issues. So in today's episode, Violet and I will be discussing so many incredible things. We'll be talking about how life transforms when you turn 30, what does an ideal relationship look like, why is it hard to break away from manipulative partners, how can we tell that a person is toxic, how can we stop our partners from treating us like shit, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, girl. Thank you so much for being my guest. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. A little under the weather, but doing well. How are you? Sorry to hear that. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast because you're such a legend and your accounts, of course, (laughs) broke all the records on Instagram. Thank you. We would love to know what inspired you to create Daddy Issues account. What inspired me to create my Daddy Issues account, um, it was... Basically, I was an accountant and sorry, I feel like I've told this story so many times. So like, I always get so weird to like explain it, even though obviously there's so many people who don't know the story. We never heard always... your story, so you can start it all in, in, in details. Um, basically, I started my daddy issues account when I was an accountant and I was really unhappy in my workplace, not because I hated being an accountant. I wanted to be a partner. It was because um. The women, the women in my team were making my life kind of miserable, like to the point that HR had to get involved and I was really depressed. It was like one of the lowest points of my life. And like every morning when I would get to work, I would cry in the car before walking into work. And I just thought like that was normal life, like the nine to five, the American dream. And I didn't have social media, but then one day I just created like for fun, like for as a, an escape an account called daddy issues because I just assumed like everyone has daddy issues because I did 
and I created it and it was literally for fun. And then I, because I have such an obsessive personality, I was really good at like, like every night I told myself I would, um, like every night I give myself two hours after work. So let's say I finished work at like 10 PM, then I would go home and I would go on my like competitors quote unquote, like Instagram accounts, like fuck Jerry or the fat Jewish. And I would go and each one's, I would go through a hundred of their followers. And I would like like two, three pictures in order to get those new followers myself. So it was like all these different tactics that I was coming up with in order to grow my account but back then worked. And it was just like my my escape. And that's why um, it kept growing. And I think the reason my account grew because it was genuine. It came from a real place. It wasn't to get famous. It, it was a way to help me with my mental health. And then it was awesome because it started to help other people with their mental health. Wow, I love your story, but I can totally relate to this because I used to be IT project manager and before I started blogging, I had a full-time career in project management and it was miserable and I had issues with other women too, like they, you know, didn't like me for some reason, like exactly what you told me and I kind of did the same too, like I started my blog in 2017 when I finished my last project and I, I knew like I'm not... I'm never going to go back to the office. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I never thought, I, I didn't think that it would be anything. Like, it was just for fun. I, like, I had no friends at this point. I was so depressed. I was just, like, doing it so I wouldn't, like, become even more depressed. How life transforms when you turn 30? Is it a good or bad? What do you think? Um, I've talked about this before. I think it's amazing. I feel like in your 20s is when you're lost. You're trying to figure out your life. And I... Um, everyone always told me that when you turn 30, like something happens and your life transforms or whatever. And I always just thought it was BS. I was just like, you're just saying that because you're old and you're trying to make me feel better about you being old. Like, yeah, right. Because like 30s always sound so far away. But it was true. Like, it was weird. Like when I turned 30, like something just happened. And suddenly my confidence level is like for one to a hundred, it completely changed. I'm so much more confident and it has nothing to do with how I look. Like there's, there's days where I feel like shit, even if I look good and then I project it and then I walk you around like I look like shit. So it literally always has to do with your confidence, no matter what you look like, because at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone prettier than you, smarter than you, richer than you have something that you don't have. That's fine but you just have to be okay in your own body. And I think when you turn 30, you kind of get to the conclusion, like, this is who I am. I'm never going to change. So I might as well love every part of me, even the parts of me that I don't like as much. This is all I get. So I'm going to appreciate it. And not only that, you only like, because you kind of know who you are, you don't really have patience anymore for people to like fuck with you or waste your time. You kind of like, no, I kind of know what I want. And you have your life together more. Like, yeah, obviously you can still make mistakes, but like me and my, like a look wise, I'm the best I've ever looked. Like I did not, like, I don't know what happened, but like I dress better probably because I have money now to buy better clothes, but like I dress better. I don't care what other people think. I mean, I guess I never really did, but now more. And I have zero patience when people wasting my time. I'm more outspoken when I want something when I don't. And like people don't affect me as much because I know who I am now. If someone's like, you're this, you're that, I know it's not true. So it doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, that's what words don't really hurt me unless of, of course I believe them. When I was in my twenties, I was always like, so like a lost puppy, puppy. And I'm not. I can totally relate to this too, because at 30s, like some kind of switch went on and you can see like 
your perspective changed completely and like definitely like you said you look better than you look like you know in your 20s whatever like I feel the same about myself too even though people who knew me when I was teenager or even like younger they don't recognize me because like, oh really you, your age like fine wine <laughs> yeah no I mean I kind of look the same but like skinnier what does an ideal relationship look like like does it have its up and downs like what is it supposed to look like I mean I know there's like no ideal relationship like there is no definition that's perfect but well, I, I think, I think that's to the, what is it to the eye of the beholder, like for every person, they're going to have a different ideal relationship. Like for some people, this is what I always tell people, like sometimes like one of my friends was dating this guy and she's just like, oh, I hate, I hate how needy I am. And I was like, that's because that's not your person. Like, if you're needy, that's okay. Like, I feel like sometimes we take certain trades and we make them into something bad, but it's not like I'm not that needy. I like space. So my ideal relationship is with someone else that gives me freedom and has their own freedom. For someone else's ideal relationship, if they're quote unquote needy, they're not needy. It just means their partner is not giving them what they need. And that's why they're feeling needy. I've, I've dated men before who have made me feel like I'm needy and I'm literally not. So your ideal relationship has to do with whatever your needs are. Like understand your love language, understand your partner's love language and make it work. And the ideal relationship is, in my opinion, is people who can communicate. So let's say like I get angry really easily and sometimes I say things that I'll regret. So I need a partner that's more calm than me and stable that can be like, hey, can we talk about this? Because for me, I'm angry and then I'm like, leave me alone. So I find partners who are like, I'm not going to leave you alone. Let's let's have a conversation. And then I'm like, okay, it's not as big of a deal. So I think the ideal relationship is somebody that can compliment you. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, and especially when you said about some people can make you feel needy, that's so true because like some people can push you away so far that you feel like, I mean, of course, they're not giving you enough, like you said, so it's totally so true. Why is it hard to break from manipulative partners? I feel like there's a big issue now with people using a lot of um, words that they don't actually know the meanings and we keep continuously self-diagnose other people. And if something's not working out for us, we're like, oh, that person is gaslighting me. Oh, that person's a gaslighter. That person's manipulative. Oh, that person's a narcissist. People always use the word narcissist and like a sociopath, but it's like, it's actually not true. Like a lot of the time when a person is being quote unquote manipulative, they probably don't even know they are. Did you know, like you can be toxic you can be a good person, you can still be toxic. You can be a good person, you can still be manipulative because it's your way of trying to get what you want and it's the only thing you're used to. So you don't even know you're doing it. So that actually bothers me when people make comments like that because also, like for example, I was with my ex on and off for eight years and he always cheated on me. Eventually I stopped being the victim because I kept going back to him knowing he's a cheater. And it's the same thing. It's one thing when you're like, Oh, this person is manipulating me. Like if you just admit it, that somebody's a manipulative person, that means you know who they are. So why are you then saying, if you know who this person is, now it's up to you to leave. Like, obviously if you're sticking around, they're gonna enjoy like, great, I get to treat this person like shit and they're still here. Why would I give this up? This is so easy and fun for me. Like, of course I'm not gonna give the shit up. Especially, and like, 
a manipulative person is normally someone also that has a low self-esteem. So they're going to need, they're going to do what they need to get the attention. But again, it has to do with your childhood trauma. It has to do with your attachment styles. It has to do with so many different things. Like I've, I've, I'm sure I've been quote unquote manipulative before without even realizing it was because it was probably my childhood trauma entering in and me feeling like someone's about to leave. And then I act up by being like, I don't know, saying whatever I need to say in order for the person to run back around. I'm not sitting thinking, oh, I'm manipulating this person. I'm just reacting to what I'm used to reacting, how I react as a child to, to get my parents' attention. So I just think like it's case by case. I need to know the actual like what happened in this relationship for this person that they feel like someone else is manipulating. But again, eventually it's up to us to make a decision. And we have to ask ourselves, why am I sticking around with someone that makes me feel bad about myself? or someone, Why am I allowing someone to manipulate me? Why am I attracting these type of partners? We, we're so constantly focused on what everyone else around us is doing wrong. And we're not sitting and thinking, what's happening with me and my childhood trauma and my attachment styles that these are the partners I'm attracting. Absolutely, because so many of us in like so many relationships depends on our childhood traumas because so many people don't actually work on it and they bring it into relationships and yeah they make the same mistake over and over and like now word narcissist so overly used it's like but like everyone's a narcissist yeah yeah but like you have to choose like you said you have to get out of the victim like role to become and get out of the relationship if it's yeah. not working out which is hard. Obviously, yeah. we all have attention. Like yeah. it's always it's always much easier said than done. Like I I give I give some people like there's some people I feel more drawn to and I give them a ton of chances and they give me a ton of a ton of chances. Like obviously, if you talk to my friends, they're like, oh, this guy sucks. If you talk to that guy's friends, they're going to be like, Violet sucks, you know, so everyone has their own story. Yeah, I absolutely agree. How can you tell that a person is toxic? If you just start dating them, like, what are the red flags? Well, I would say there's uh, different types of being toxic. Obviously, the red flags, it can be toxic if they they spray too much love and attention to you right away. Like, which is, by the way, that's like one of the hardest red flags to tell because it feels nice. Like if someone's complimenting you all that, but you have to, that that is a toxic person. They just don't know they are, maybe but it's someone who's about to gaslight you or love bomb you. That's what's about to happen. And basically it's someone that like first or second date, they're like, I love you. Or like, fuck, I like you so much. You're my person, all that. Like, you don't know that. Like, I'm not your person. And the minute, the minute you do something they're not gonna like, they're gonna dump you in two seconds and they're gonna pull back from giving you any attention, which is why, which is when you're gonna run to them. Cause you're like, wait, what just happened? Like, I need that attention again, which is love bombing. So like that is a toxic person in a different type of light where they will love bomb you because they're, they have their own attachment issues or intimacy issues. Another way of a toxic person is someone that makes you feel insecure and bad about yourself. So they can either be a toxic person or they're just a toxic person to you with you because you guys are not compatible. But a lot of the time when you're attracting a lot of toxic partners, there's something in you that's a little toxic as well. Like I, I'm, I attract emotionally unavailable partners, which is something I'm realizing slowly, slowly. And it's come to my, my conclusion has become that like, oh, I'm also emotionally unavailable. So I'm attracting partners similar to me because the people you date are a mirror of you. So when you're dating toxic people, 
as much as you say, I hate the drama, you love the drama. That's why you keep dating the toxic people because you love the highs and the lows. And what's so great about highs and lows is that you don't actually get too close to the person. So you get to live in your fairy tale about them and the story that you made up in your head. And then you get to go through the highs and lows and it's like a drug and you're addicted and you have to work on that. For me, if I date emotionally unavailable guys is because yeah, I never had to get too close to them and I know it's going to end. And I don't actually have to like worry about the intimacy with them or getting too intimate because we both like pull away. So, yeah. I love how you highlight the part that sometimes we have, like our partner mirrors us and like sometimes, you know, the emotionally unavailable people or just like fairy, you live in the fairy tale. It's actually true. I, I didn't even think about it. But also like the craziest part is I learned it the hard way when I was attracting those guys who would love Bobby at first. But like, you know, with age, you learn that if somebody is coming like that at you at first, then it's like something suspicious about it. But at first, like, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're like, oh my God, this really, this guy really loves me that much. You know, like you get totally yep. blinded by that. <laughs> but again, like it's, I used to, sh- I, it's so easy to sit there and blame the other person. And to be honest, there should probably be somewhere in the middle. I think my problem is I, I think too much about other people's feelings and I, I need to understand the logic behind why some, why someone does some, what they do. So I think sometimes maybe I give too many excuses to people. Cause right now you're asking me about toxic and all this. I'm always like, well, what about their childhood trauma? Like that is, you know, sometimes people are just assholes. Sometimes people are just bad people and there's no explanation. They just suck. I just happen to want to understand why they are the way they are, but it doesn't mean that you should forgive them or feel sorry for them or whatever. Because like I've been love bombed before and in my brain, I'm just like, oh, wow, I feel so sorry for this guy because it's like how he was raised and that's why he's the way he is. Like, but he still sucks. Like he still hurt my feelings because you think you're so special. Then it it doesn't work out. And they're like onto the next person like this. And you're like, wait, the what we have didn't mean anything. And like, no, honestly, it did not. Because the person just needs to feel love because they feel empty inside. But like, it's, it's like, it's hard to, it, when you remove your ego, that's when you're able to kind of process these things. When your ego is still there, that's when you're like, this person sucks, blah, blah, blah you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you think about self-love and how is it harmful in a relationship? Self-love, and it can be harmful in a relationship? To love yourself like overuse it and you know they become selfish they kind of confuse self-love and selfish so yeah self-love is never wrong or never toxic what was the word that you called it when it becomes harmful yeah. self-love self-love will never be harmful will never be toxic there's never wrong you can never love yourself too much like you should love yourself what you're describing is a person that gets mixed up between self-love and actually being arrogant. And but usually people that are a actually self-diagnosed narcissistic has any traits of narcissism um, are people who are actually not secure. So it's um, it's a fake facade where it's, they think it's self-love or they portray to other people that they're self, it's self-love, but it's not. It has to do with being um, actually so insecure inside that you need that constant love from your partner. So you act like you're confident and you're kind of like, I don't need this person, blah, blah. But like, if you don't get a text back, let's say, and 
you either didn't get text back or it took like a full day for the person to respond or a couple of hours. And right away, you're just like, screw this person. I never need to speak to him again. Like, look at me. I'm hot as shit. You think that's actually, you think that's you self-loving yourself. And I've done this before too, when I'm feeling down and bad about myself. So you think that's self-love, but it's not. Because if you loved yourself, it wouldn't even bother you. And you wouldn't even acknowledge that this person took a few hours to answer because your life didn't revolve around this person or whether or not they text you, your worth didn't depend on it. When your worth depends on someone else making you feel worthy, you're not actually loving yourself. You, it's fake self-love and it's actually masked by inside there's insecurities. It's insecurities masking gold. Um, as for harmful with selfish people, that's different. The, it's That has nothing to do with self-love. There's just some people in this life are more selfish than others. Some people are givers. And again, if you don't like that your partner is a little selfish, maybe they're too selfish for you, then don't date them. But the thought that people, like, you're not going to change people at this point. It's Especially as you get older, people are stuck in their ways. We sit there and we look at our partners and we're just like, this person does this and this. They're so selfish, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe you also don't understand each other's love languages. So what, what your love language is, is not theirs. So they're not giving you what you need in your love language. And that's what you think they're being selfish. But really, maybe they're showing you love in a completely different way that you're not acknowledging either. Yeah, I love how you explain it. It's so true. Yeah. Thanks. How can we stop our partners from treating us like shit and start taking us seriously? Why are you with someone that's treating you like shit? And like, that's hard to say because I've definitely sometimes, well, I don't want to blame myself. I would say, A, don't be with someone that makes you feel like shit. I've been in situations where I felt like someone was making me unhappy and actually recently and I was dying to tell this person like you make me feel so bad about myself and you make me feel like shit and then I suddenly sat and I thought about it and I was like why am I allowing this person to make me feel like shit like I forgot for a second that I had a whole life before this person was in my life and I functioned just fine why is suddenly my happiness and my worth is so dependent on this person and I'm allowing this person to ruin my day they're not ruining my day I'm choosing to let them ruin my day. So not only A, you have to kind of change your perception and your mindset, but also if I gave you like a real uh, advice on really what you should do is men don't learn with words, they learn with silence. If you want to teach someone a lesson, pull back, which is very hard even for me because I want to be explained like, well, you hurt my feelings and you made me feel this way and this way. I do this every time, it doesn't work. When you pull back, that's when they open their ears and they're like, oh, is something wrong? And you're like, that's crazy because I wrote you 75 essays explaining what was wrong. And you were just like, okay. But, but when you pull back, then they're like, oh, I might lose this person. So that is the best advice if you can't, if you still don't know how to separate the perception of the fact that they're not treating you like shit, you're just allowed. I mean, they make you feel like shit because you're allowing them to make you feel like shit. So if you can't do that, like understand that, then just pull back, take a space back, but don't be mean about it. They're gonna, hey, do you wanna hang out today? No, I have plans. Within a couple of days, men are not dumb, neither are women. They're gonna figure out there's something wrong. Is something wrong? Nope, just busy. And then they're gonna be like, uh, okay, here's some flowers. And you'd be like, oh, thank you. And then you're like, okay, they're doing nice, better things. Okay, let me take a step forward again. Yeah, it's so true. Even though like all the relationship experts always say, oh, you have to communicate, you have to like talk 
talk it out and all that but the way you explain it it's always like drives people crazy and of course it makes people take action right away <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's not like i definitely i mean my habit is to pull back but sometimes i do the essay things and then i just i regret it afterwards i was like why did i allow this like it's different though like obviously the advice that i'm giving i'm giving advice again again it's based on the scenario if you have a good relationship with your partner you guys have been together for a long time force communicate but if you communicate it and it, they're not hearing you pull back or here's a great example for example if like you're living with your partner and you kept telling your partner the fridge is broken i need you to fix the fridge or like other things in the house and they say, yeah, sure, sure. And they don't fix it. And then you've been saying it now for months. What you can do for that is you, you bring someone else to do it for you while they're there. And they show up, they start fixing it. Your partner right away is going to be like, what's happening? And be like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Because if you go, you never do this, you never do that, they're like in attack mode. So you just pull back. Oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine, babe. Just sit down. Can you, um, this person is just going to fix it. The minute that happens, your partner is suddenly going to, step up and fix it. So there's like, again, every situation is different. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no one's got their attention. <laughs> yeah. How can we stop ourselves from chasing people who don't actually love us? How can we stop ourselves from chasing people that don't actually love us? Um, look, obviously, the easy answer is to love ourselves. And when we love ourselves, and we wouldn't chase people who don't love us. But that's hard, especially if you grew up with a parent that didn't show you love, like, then you chase the love of your parent your whole life. How are you going to not know? How are you going to know how to stop chasing them partners who don't love you? Like that's, if that's all you know when growing up, how are you going to be able to change that? It's really hard. So um, obviously, yeah, love yourself a lot and know what you deserve. Um, and I think like keeping yourself busy and really knowing your worth will help, but also taking a step back and really working on yourself. Like, that's definitely something that I've always growing up would do. Like my ex on and off for eight years, like emotionally unavailable. That's because I grew up with a father that was emotionally unavailable. So like, that's all I knew. So to me, I was like, this is love. But like, eventually you get older and you're like, you know what? I can make a choice and I don't have to choose partners like this anymore. Like I do deserve, like you just have to think what you deserve or what you want. And you're like, you know what? Like. I want someone that calls me. I want someone that doesn't make me sad at night. Like I want somebody that makes me feel like they care. I want somebody that doesn't make me feel like I'm too needy. Like I want to feel loved. I want someone to hold me. Okay, I want all those things. What the partners I'm currently attracting are not giving me that and I'm tired of chasing them. Like I want someone to chase me for once. So you have to start looking for a new type. But first you have to understand that you're doing it, what you're attracting. You know, I had the same for eight years, like the same kind of stories you had. But yeah, of course, when we grow up, we have our childhood kind of traumas that we have to work it through in life. And I had to go, like, go through therapy and learn from my mistakes to to improve my relationships. Yeah, it's hard. And it's it also gets harder. Like, it sucks because I give so much advice and I'm really good at giving advice. But when it comes to my own life, like, it's the same thing. Like, I fuck up all the time. And it's it's like, it sucks. And like, I, I get toxic sometimes and I can feel myself getting toxic because I actually understand by the book what I'm doing. And then I like pretend it's not happening. And 
I go back to my old self and yeah, I chase people who don't love me still sometimes because sometimes I forget to love myself. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I like do the same, but I learn from my mistakes. <laughs> I mean, it's I still like you can't avoid all the mistakes, but every situation still in life is different with every person, but then like you get some kind of experience. <laughs> and where can our listeners find your social handles, all the information, what's in the store next for you? Like what projects are you working on or any other projects you've done in the past? People can find me on at daddy issues underscore. That's for my meme page. If you want to laugh, you for my personal page. If you have any questions, I do my best to respond to DMs. It's at Viola Benson. Then my podcast is at Too Tired to Be Crazy. It's on Instagram. It's available on every platform that people listen to podcasts. It's on every Thursday from interviewing guests to solo episodes where I give this type of dating advice and this thing called Bad Bitch Bootcamp. Um, so that's that things that are upcoming. I am working what's a big secret, but whatever I'm working on a subscription for my podcast. So like my OG listeners are going to get something extra special and like extra episodes and, and like actually one-on-one dating advice and things like that. So we're currently creating a subscription for too tired to be crazy. I'm also launching my daddy issues merch, relaunching it. Um, I'm kind of behind on it. So hopefully it'll be out by the end of August or beginning of September. And that's all I can mention for now. But there's other things coming in store soon. Love it. Thank you so much for giving such a great advice. And thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you so much for having me. I I really enjoyed giving this advice. I feel like when I was giving advice, like I would think in my head about my current situation and things. And I'd be like, shit like when you were like why do we chase people that don't love us in my head I was like oh my god am I is that what I'm doing right now I was like fuck <laughs> yeah it made me think of so many things too <laughs> I will yeah to this again <laughs> that was all for today guys I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did not basic blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday to support the show Tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.